Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. Um, Job 2 through 37. Job 2, 37. 2 through? 2 through, yeah. Capture? No. Yeah. Really? That's the whole conversation Whoa. with all of his friends. Wow. Okay. There's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> Poor Job. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Gotta be the longest conversation in the Bible. <laughs> it might be. Job's second test that is ridiculous amount of chapters um, in the Bible this time around. So welcome back, everybody. We're talking about Job this time. And we just left off with uh, Job losing everything he owned and all of his kids to, to all these crazy disasters that hit. And uh, this week we're going into his second test. Yes, there is more to come. So unfortunately, after... All of this, there is still more for Job to lose. After he lost everything, uh, after he lost his kids, uh, all of his his herds of animals, his servants, um, except for those lucky four that got away to give the bad news, Job obviously mourned about what had happened. But through all of that, he still chose to praise God instead of blaming him for everything. When, I mean, let's face it, God's the one that made it happen, or let it happen. Right. So... Now we're coming into what happens after he passed this first test. So Matt, take it over. So yeah, so he passed this first test, and we see another conversation uh, come on the scenes between God and Satan. And if you remember from a couple episodes back, the first conversation, you know, Satan's roaming around, and he's looking for looking for somebody to mess with, some chaos to create. And God says, "Hey, have you considered Job?" well, you, you protect him too much. So we have a real similar conversation here where Satan's looking to create some chaos, comes to God, God says, hey, have you considered Job? Knowing everything he's just been through. And he says that even though Satan had attacked him and taken everything, that he still honored God. So basically confirm what we just said, that he, he didn't blame God, he still praised him. They're um, just absolutely amazing. So Satan says, okay, fine, I'll up the ante a little bit. And he calls out God. He says, well, you didn't really let me attack Job. You just let me take all his stuff and all of his family. And Job 2, verses 4 through 5, he says, Skin for skin, Satan answered the Lord. A man will give up everything he owns in exchange for his life. But stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. And so, you know, before, you know, Satan had said, okay, I'll strike everything he owns, but but he wasn't allowed to touch Job himself at this point. Um, and I think we may have... Um, skipped ahead a little bit in, in how we talked about that in previous episodes where, you know, it, the first round Satan wasn't allowed to touch Job himself, but this time God says, okay, fine. You can do anything you want. Just don't kill him. That's the only oh. thing you can't do is you can't kill him. Oh, I was skipping ahead. My bad. Well, man, I was, I was too. I was too. That was me too. I was, I forgot that there was another conversation that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so Satan jumps in. He takes advantage of the opportunity as he does. And he puts painful boils all over Job from head to toe. Now, I've never dealt with boils before. Um, They're I'd, horrible, man. They're, no, I haven't either. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't but know. I, can, I can only imagine, right? I can only imagine of, of how painful that is. It says it was so painful that Job scraped his skin with broken pottery, which just sounds awful. Yeah, my, uh, my Earl Sunday School teacher used to give us the, uh, the visual of it. She would just kind of make the noises, you know. She, you could imagine scraping the skin. <laughs> You know, fingernails uh, on a chalkboard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it didn't seem very good. No. 
She said it was like ash, just kind of falling off from some of the, uh, I guess, the commentaries that she's read around it. That's crazy. I mean, so so after everything Job's been through, and now this, now he's dealing with illness, and it's uh, just amazing. I can't, I can't even fathom going through it all. But so here, here's where it gets even a little bit worse. His wife comes up to him and she's had enough. She said, you should be cursing God at this point for letting this happen. You know, basically like, are you done trusting God yet? Like your God is letting all of this happen to you. Which tells us that they had the kids, they had the, the, the ranch, they had everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they've probably been together for quite a while. Yeah. But all this time, it sounds like, He's praising God for everything. He's he's got God in his corner, but she's kind of like, yeah, whatever, crazy. And she's yeah. just kind of off in the background, maybe humoring him and mm-hmm. going along with it. Um, but it doesn't seem like she had a relationship with God at all. Yeah, you know, and, and this is one of the interesting things. One of the most common rebuttals to Christianity in the Bible is, well, you don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand what's happened to me. So how could... God love me and still let all of this happen, especially childhood trauma kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's basically where Job's wife is at. And and I'll be honest, I've, I've been um, very blessed. And so I can't relate to that stuff. Bill, you've got more of, of that in your story. Um, baggage. More that baggage injury, right? <laughs> and so we can confirm God does love you, ba- uh, baggage and all, right? But, but, yeah, but, but it's tough. It's tough. And I don't know that I would be able to have the faith that Job has when... He knows that God's doing this to him somehow. You know? Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it doesn't really say that God said, okay, Job, hold on. Satan's <laughs> going to do this to you. Yeah, right. Um, I'm letting him do it. No, it doesn't really say that, but you know, he knows that God is in control of everything. God does everything. And, and as we said last week, and, and probably every other episode before that, <laughs> for the good of those who love him. <laughs> right. Um, but, I, you know, I, I would be sitting back saying, why? why? Yeah. What, what, I would be... We're going to get to this in a little bit, but um, I would be, you know, saying, what did I do to deserve this? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, but what's crazy is even through all of this, Job's response in Job 2.10, he says, should we accept only good from God and not adversity? And, you know, I think I could have that attitude if the barn fell down. Um, Mm. I think I could have that attitude if the camels got raided and taken away. But to go through everything that Job has been through and to say, who am I, basically? Who am I to judge God um, in the midst of adversity? Just, I, I, I can't even imagine. No, and we we can easily sit here and, and praise God for all the good that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the easy part. That's the easy part. <laughs> that's the easy part. Um, but bad things are going to happen in life. This is just for me. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for myself here, not even anybody else listening, not Matt. But this is a good lesson to know that when bad things happen, God let it happen, or it was because of my stupid mistakes, or somebody else is doing something to me. But either way, God's in control of everything. So, who are we to say, why me? Right, exactly. And and so through all this, he never turned away from God. He didn't sin. He didn't blame God for his circumstances. And he stuck to his faith and he trusted him to see him through. So that's kind of the end of the curses. But then we have some new characters into the scene. This is when Job's friends come in. So he had three friends who came to uh, quote unquote comfort him. Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. Uh, there'll be a quiz at the end for those names. I hate that Bildad is close to my name. 
<laughs> I didn't think about that. Uh, <laughs> so they initially came uh, to comfort him. They wanted to be there for him. It even says in, uh, I think at the end of chapter two, that they spent seven days with him there and they were just there. They didn't talk to him. They just were there to meet his needs. And so there's a good thing. Yeah. It starts off really well, but just a little bit of background on, on who these guys are. Um, we can tell from how they enter the scene um, that they are really friends of Job, right? That is a good thing to be there for your friends to help them out. And Job 2.13, it says, And they sat on the ground with him seven days and seven nights, but no one spoke a word to him because they saw that his suffering was very intense. They were, they were willing to sit there beside him. They were willing to meet his needs. You know, something else is we can also tell from the conversation they're about to have for 35 chapters. And we're going to read every one of them, y'all. Hang on. That's right. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Hope you pack to lunch. These are God-fearing men. Their their perspective is very much a God is on his throne, he's in control sort of message. Uh, This happens to be a little bit off base. So you would think, starting off, that these are the exactly the kind of people you would want around after tragedy strikes. Yeah, if you're going through the things that Job's been through, these are the people. This is the cavalry you want to call in. That didn't exactly work out like uh, like you would think it might. And so for the next 35 chapters of the book of Job's, this is the bulk of the book here, um, we have this conversation recorded of a back and forth between Job and his friends. And the theme of this conversation is pretty consistent. Job must have done something wrong to earn God's wrath. You know, and, and I kind of get it, you know, when, when I'm going through a tough season, sometimes I kind of, I, I have that thought of like, huh, I wonder what I did. What did I just say? See, it's like, I knew what was coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a psychic, <laughs> but, but right. But, but, but it is, it, yes. it's that kind of thought like, what, what did I do? How did I get myself in this situation? Because let's face it. When we do sin, it causes issues. That's right. So you can do something wrong for bad things to happen. Mm-hmm. But in Job's case, he didn't do anything wrong. No, no. And, and sometimes we go through that kind of stuff. It, it's, you know, tough times happen because other people sin. Tough times happen because it's just tough. Um, it's just hard things to go through. You know, and, and so I just want to give a little side encouragement here. If, if you are going through a rough season, that idea, that kind of karma feeling <laughs> of like, oh, well, you know, what goes around comes around. I must be, you know, taking my dose here. Don't let that stick around too long. Um, it's, you know, uh, encourage you to look for the positive. Um, look, look for where you can grow in that. That's actually something we're about to uh, be talking about in Sunday school for the next couple of weeks is how we can have faith through different situations. And this is one of them. How do you have faith through tough times? So encourage you to, to find the positives in that because like in Job's case, as the readers of the story, we know that this is not, not what happened. Like you said, he's, he's been going through these tests, but he hasn't sinned. He hasn't done, you know, nobody's perfect except Christ alone. So we know Job has sin in his life, but through all this, he never blamed God. He didn't do anything specific that God was like, Oh no, you messed up. This is your daily dose. Like that, that's not, that's not how this works. There's not how it worked. And so, um, even when his wife called him out and said, Hey, look, you, you, you need to leave this God guy and you forget about it. He wouldn't do it. So understandably during all this conversation, Job's pretty frustrated. You know, his friends are accusing him and they don't even know the crazy thing is 35 chapters of this conversation. (laughs) They don't even know what to accuse him of. No, They, they don't have any idea. Um, well, I remember reading that at some point, uh, 
that, you know, they just berated him over and over and over again and would not let up on him. Um, and, and then just, well, they blamed God for him and they blamed him on God's behalf. Yes. And at some point, didn't he just kind of shut down and stop talking to him? Yeah. He kind of gave some final remarks and then, um, I think it was Eliphaz at the end. He's kind of got the last chapters of, you know, giving a dissertation to Job um, before God steps into the scene, which right. we'll talk about next week. But yeah, he, you know, he find Job reaches a breaking point. I mean, which, you know, if you've ever been um, in this kind of situation, I, I think of if you've ever been in a room where like everybody was against you, like you threw out an idea, you threw out a concept and everybody's like, Oh no, that's terrible. Shut it down. Shut it down. Like, I feel like that's what Job must have felt like here of like, no, really guys, I didn't do it. And everybody's against him. It's like group thing. That's all against you. you know, Including like, your wife. who's supposed to have your back all the time. Right. Right. Like you just lost your kids together and she's now against you too. I mean, it's just crazy. Poor guy. Yeah. I don't know how he did it. Yes. You know, so in this moment of need, when he needs in the absolute most, <laughs> they're either telling him to reject his faith or they're telling him, well, you must have done something stupid because now here you are dealing with this. And, and I'm, I'm just glad I have better friends than that. <laughs> <laughs> Where? I don't know any. Um, so in this story of Job, we're talking about him being tested, right? He's being tested by his faith. He's being tested um, by Satan to kind of entrap him and try mm-hmm. to get him to um, curse God. Who else did he do that to, though? Remember, he did that to Jesus for 40 mm, days, right? That's right. In the desert. And, that's right. And so he did it to God himself in flesh form. And obviously, Jesus didn't sin in that. Mm-hmm. This, this story really points to Jesus in, in several different ways. Well, everything in the Old Testament points to the New Testament, <laughs> which is where Jesus is. So points to Jesus in all ways. But that really hit me that God was testing Job and then... Satan was testing Job through God. Satan was testing God as yeah. a standalone kind of thing. <laughs> right. And still failed. So yeah. every time, and this is closer, this is before Jesus came on the scene, mm-hmm. uh, at least in, in human form and flesh mm-hmm. form. Uh, so he's just, no matter how many times he goes up against God, he fails. That's right. And, and that's so, so important to remember. We have tools at our disposal to combat Satan. Um, he will never win against God. Now he may win against us. Sometimes we fail. It happens. But when we pit Satan against God, it doesn't, he, he can't win. It, it'll never happen. That's we, we see that and how Jesus handles it. He's in the wilderness, like you said, 40 days, 40 nights. And the thing that he does to combat Satan is brings the word of God to him. Mm-hmm. He just starts quoting scripture. All he had was the old Testament. He quoted everything he knew that was against what Satan was telling him. You know, and, and that's one of the things, and, you know, transitioning into how this points to Jesus, you know, one of the principles that Jesus taught us is that life's not going to be easy. And, nope. and that's true for Christians and for not. He was specifically talking to the disciples at that point. And uh, he, he says in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. The best encouragement I can give um, anybody who's going through a tough time, who may have some lousy friends who's trying to drag <laughs> them down, this sounds a little cliche, but lean into Jesus um, <laughs> and and go to his word for comfort. Take some time to kind of unplug from the world around you and, and just 
remember that God's love is still there and God still loves you through it. Um, Jesus intended to leave us with his peace so that when things get crazy, we can still, we can still power through it. We can still keep ourselves centered. Well, you know, you make a good point. You said that, um, this is, how did you say it? This is a, um, he, at this particular point mm-hmm. of the story, he's talking to Christians, right? He's right. Talking yeah, to, he's talking to the disciples. Right. Yeah. Well, if, if you really think about it, the Bible itself is geared towards Christians. It's geared towards people who know God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's for everybody, but unless you have a relationship with Jesus, you're not really going to understand it as well as you can. Unless you have the Holy Spirit, it's going to be hard to understand. And I think that's why so many people struggle with understanding what the Bible means even as Christians, uh, I'm, I'm certainly not saying if you understand, don't understand a part of the Bible that you're not that you don't have a relationship with God. <laughs> right. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But it is definitely more difficult if you are a non-believer to not believe or to not understand what the Bible says, because God really did gear that towards followers. Yeah. So, so in First Corinthians. Paul's talking to uh, to the church in Corinth in verse 18. He says, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but is the power of God to those of us who are being saved. And kind of to your point that if you haven't accepted Christ, then it's not going to make sense. And and really, even as Christians, like the good news of the Bible and Jesus, it, it doesn't make sense in that we can't earn it. Like everything in this world we have to earn, we have to earn or keep. But this is the one time where God steps in and says, no. I'm going to take care of this. All you have to do is accept the gift. But to for people on the outside looking in, it, it does sound like He said the things. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Go back and listen to our old episodes. We said that a lot. But but it really is. You know, it's one of the things um, that I'm seeing more and more on um, the social media side and just in conversations and um, whatnot with people is that it doesn't make sense to people who aren't at least open to it, right? And, and it's very... Uh, I'll say it's easy to combat <laughs> because it's not, it's not logical. Um, the love of God is not logical, but when you accept Christ, when you say, Oh, wait a minute, this is a real thing. Like God really does love me enough that he sent Jesus to die for me. And I really can have eternal life just by accepting that free gift. You can have that peace. You can have that love, but the key to working, making it through these trials and making it out on the other end with your head held high is living in that love, not living in the bad moments. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. Is that that's that's the peace he's talking about is knowing, hey, God's got it under control. Nothing nothing can touch me that he can't handle. And that's why we go to church, y'all. That's why we yeah. that's why we go to church because even as Christians, we don't understand it completely. You know, we've got a pastor that has like ten thousand PhDs to teach <laughs> us, right? So um, <laughs> we we hear God's word from people who have made their life about studying it. Yeah. Um, and of course, we go back, we read, we verify, we study on our own, we helps us to make sense. Um, so that's that's the reason for church. That's the reason for it's the community, it's the learning, and it's growing in relationship with God uh, by learning and having that community. Um, because His greatest commandment is to love God. Second greatest is to love people. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what we try to do. We go to church, we study about Him, we learn about Him, we grow in Him, and we love His people as well. So. That's kind of the reasons in a nutshell. 
Yeah, and you know, there's I've I haven't met somebody who studies the Bible, you know, even older guys who've been doing it for forty years, fifty years, who've said that okay, I've learned it all, figured it all out. <laughs> there is still so much to learn, and and I say that, I mean. It means something. It literally means something new to you every day. Whatever mm-hmm. situation you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, you know the same verse. I mean, we you said it earlier, Romans eight twenty eight. We we quoted a lot. Um, it's it's a very important verse uh, to both of us for our lives and how this podcast came together and all that stuff. But but that verse means something different all the time. When I'm going through good times, is like yeah. God's working it all out. All right. Yeah. When I'm going through tough times, it's that reminder of, hey, God's going to work this out. Yeah. It's, it's going to be better on the back end. Maybe uh, not today, but eventually. That's right. It, it could be It could be tomorrow. It could be a month from now. It could be 10 years from now. Who knows? But God's going to use it. But you're right. That, that's why we do that. And the more we learn, the more we grow, the more of that more of that peace, the more of that love, the, the deeper understanding of we have of who God is. And maybe we start to look a little more like Job. And it gives us that power to... Give the rebuttal to his friends and his wife. Who <laughs> That's is, right. Who is um, berating him for nothing. So Yeah. There's nothing worse than being in an argument and then realizing like, oh, I don't know as much as I thought I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you know this stuff, you can you can uh, you can uh, rebuke him like Job. That's right. That's right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of beating this one to death <laughs> as as Satan's trying to do to Job. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, that was rough. Um, but anyway, um, we thank y'all for listening. And we hope you will join us again next week. In the meantime, uh, be sure to check us out on social media. We like to hang out on Facebook and Twitter most often. So check us out. We've got Verse of the Day. We've got our podcast promotion as new things are rolling around. Um, be sure to keep an eye out for that. You should definitely hit up our website at www.simplifyjesus.com. There you can find all of our podcasts um, and everything that we're up to right now. You can find our podcast pretty much anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Even ask Alexa. Say, Alexa, let me listen to Simplify Jesus, and we'll be there. Um, if there's a place that you don't find us, let us know. We'd love to be there. Shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com. We would love to hear your feedback, uh, comments, questions, concerns. Love to hear from you guys. Rate us, like us, and uh, yeah, help, help us to grow. It's all good. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time.